but you're going to hit an aha moment where you're like, oh, I can totally do this. You know, it's like for me, having random experiences of doing exactly what the client needed and then moving on to something else entirely gave me enough like of a base to then have like one course kind of be my aha moment. So got it. Ladies and gentlemen, episode 18th of The Drunk Web. Holy shit, it's been one year, almost to the day. I was like, all right, episode 17, I'm gonna be back in a month. It's been one one year for some reason, uh, which I will explain towards the end of the episode. <laughs> I'm very excited about having my friend who I've known for how long, a year and a half? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, everybody, please welcome Brent Bevelo. Hey guys. All right. Happy to be here. The Drunk Web tradition dictates that the guest will announce the drink. We start with the drink, yeah. I'm yeah. aware. I've listened to the past few. Um, <laughs> what are we drinking? We are drinking a whiskey smash. So first things first, got to give a shout out to another colleague we don't work with directly, but he's on the same floor as us, Brett Deasy. This is Brett Deasy's friend, Neil, who I met and who made me a whiskey smash, and I thought it was delightful. And then I've made a few since then, not quite as good. I have to say yours are very good. Are they? Okay. Them. I think it's the so, fresh lemon juice. Yeah, you, you went all out for sure. It's nice. Yeah, um, so. But yeah, so that's that's the drink. Uh, pretty simple. Yeah. Tasty. We also have, first of all, cheers. Cheers, yeah. All right. We also have my good friend, Thad. I'm going to give you a shout out. Peanut Gallery. Peanut Gallery. Live on air. Thad is visiting us, and so happy to have you here in the Drunk Web headquarters. So, it's a pleasure. All right. So let's get started. Brent, you are a software architect or, as you'd like to say, technical product designer. Which one do you prefer? Um, either one. Tomatoes, right. tomatoes. Okay. I think uh, officially it's product design at MasterCard, but casual term is just architecture. So, Architecture. At MasterCard. Yes. You've been there for... Four years today? I think we just established this is actually my uh, fourth year anniversary today. Is that um, right? Wouldn't reflect that in the system because I was there for a brief time as a consultant. But okay. I think the first day I started as a consultant was August 18th, 2013. So. All right. Yeah. Happy Pre four years to me, I guess. Happy four years. Yeah. <laughs> time flies. Previously, you were at the company called Zoomulus? Zoomulus, yeah. Okay. What, were, what were you doing there? Um, everything, uh, which is, I think, one of the things that has helped me be successful, but Jenkins wearing no Jenkins, no Jenkins wearing a lot of different hats. It's a boutique consulting firm doing a lot of uh, content management stuff. Okay. Um, did like some agenda web design as well. Did Google Apps implementations and sales, kind of you name it. In software cycle, I had a chance to do it, so that's given me you know mm -hmm. helped me get where I am today, I suppose. Okay, so a couple of fun things about you: you were supposed to be famous. <laughs> <laughs> you were invited yeah. to go to Hollywood as a child actor. Is that yeah. true? Yes, very true. Very funny. All right. So do you want to maybe talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. As a kid, you know, my parents made me do a lot of different things, which is great. You know, I played, you know, played sports, played instruments, went to acting class, did all kinds of stuff. Is that a typical American childhood? I'm going to ask both of you guys since you're both here. I mean, it was for the people that I associated with, but again, that was like you try a lot firm, of things, right? like firm, you know, middle class, you know, mm -hmm. America, I guess. But I don't know if everyone had that opportunity. Obviously, I'm thankful to have it, but mm -hmm. it was... Yeah, it was funny. So, do you think coding is going to become one of those things? Or I certainly hope so. I mean, yeah. it's to me, it's like learning a language nowadays. I mean, there's like a literacy thing for English, right? But right. I think with the 
you know, amount of technology we have in our lives. Yeah. You just look at like my little cousins and stuff and how fluid they are on an iPad with no instructions. Yeah. You know, I think part of that speaks to the UX of an Apple product, but I think part of that's just how people learn and yeah. just getting these tools and these things that we take for granted, like so much earlier in the process. So I think right. it's, I hope it becomes very, yeah, I hope so too. Like a secondary skill for everybody. Yeah. You know, kind of, kind All right. Of so back to the uh, child, <laughs> back child to the, actor story. Back to the acting thing. Whoa. I actually went to a young actor studio, which is another fun fact. It was a little thing in Dallas. Okay. Um, and the guy who ran the studio was the person who played Barney actually. So he was Whoa. the guy in the suit who played Barney. Um, and you knew Barney. I didn't, I don't remember if I, I mean, he's probably was around. I don't remember meeting him or talking to him. That's just what I found out like after the fact years mm. later. Um, and there was another famous guy. I think it might've been the kid who played leave it to beaver went to the same studio as I did. Okay. Um, I did acting. I wasn't really good at it. I thought I didn't really like it, but it's something that I did. And my mm. sister was a little better at it. She's only, I think two years, sometimes one year younger than me. And so she landed like this thing where she had to go to this big group, you know, five, 600 kids go. And there's uh, people from Hollywood there, managers, and you do a quick audition in front of them. And then they kind of pick people they're interested in and give them the pitch to move out to Hollywood. And we went for my sister. And, you know, my mom being the person in charge of both of us, she's like, oh, well, I can only take her. So you're coming too. So you're going to enter in the thing too. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. So I go to the thing. And I'm not even taking it seriously. And we're, running, we're not even mom. we're not even there for me. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, apparently I go in there and I sit in front of the people and I read this like commercial and they're just like rolling, laughing, dying. And I'm just like, oh, I guess that went well. And I go sit in the lobby for like four hours. And then, you know, my sister goes in. She did well. And at the end, they come and talk to my mom. They're like, yeah, you know, we we heard about Tori. It's my sister's name. And I was like, but we really want Brent. <laughs> so like we want both of them to come. But, like, we're really excited about Brent. We want him to move to Hollywood so he can join our management group and we can try to get him a, an agent and everything. And, like, this is out of blue for my mom, right? Yeah. And so, but, it, yeah, that's that's basically the story. So I stole my sister's spotlight at the audition <laughs> and got invited to go to Hollywood when I was very young. And, you know, my mom didn't do it. Probably, probably for the better, to be okay. honest. But. After all these years, do you, is there anything you want to say to your sister? No, not <laughs> really. Sorry, I stole the spotlight. No, she actually came very, very close. I think she was like the third kid, if the first two weren't available, for being the daughter in a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the movie, but she pursued it a little bit after that and got you know close to being close. the movie, actually. Yeah. So. But now, so, shout out to Tori. I love my sister. She's awesome. What's up, Tori? At some point, you were also meant to be the next Tiger Woods. Yeah. Um, talk about. <laughs> we just discovered this. <laughs> yeah. Talk about the video, which I'm going to yeah, add to you the can website. post it later. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my dad is a, a huge golf, a huge golfer. He he was very very successful at golf and very good. Got very close himself. Um, and he basically crafted clubs for me when I was a kid before I could walk. You know, I had legitimate, you know, steel golf clubs um and he taught me how to swing at about 18 months old and i had videotapes of me with a probably i'm gonna go out there and just say the best swing an 18 month year old kid has ever had in the history of the world if anybody i'm sure someone will taught me at some point no, but i haven't seen it i haven't seen it yet we have videos of it we have if video. anybody doesn't doesn't we have, believe we have video story, of me at two so this see. is just you know a little bit after that and talk about the the hand gesture of yeah somebody yeah. asks you uh, yeah, how old you are it's proof yeah I, they, my mom asked me how old i am in the video and i hold up two fingers while so, swinging like tiger woods yeah so you know i did that and and we actually sent it into america's funniest home videos 
and it didn't make the cut, but they sent it back saying like, you know, this isn't really funny, but it's really awesome. Hi. I was like, oh, cool. So you know, I guess my mom finally uploaded some of those. But. Uh, and then you, you did a little bit of uh, baseball. You were going to be a pro player. Uh, yeah, I know everyone tries. It's honestly very hard. Um, yeah, I played all through college. And I played on select teams and I played with a lot of a lot of really successful baseball players. A lot of them are in the majors. My f- fun fact of the day for baseball career, I guess, is there's a little guy called Clayton Kershaw, a pitcher for the Dodgers, highest paid pitcher ever in the history of the game, extremely good pitcher. Um, faced him in high school and actually got a hit off him. Um, I don't know if I was the only person to put the ball in play, but that's kind of what it felt like. He pitched three innings and just throwing 94, 96. Every single scout was there. You know, I'm not going to tell you what kind of hit it was, but it was a hit in the scorebook. So. <laughs> Uh, and last but not least, as a child, you were a black belt in karate. <laughs> well, I guess you still are. You don't lose that. I guess do you? technically, I don't know. You don't lose that, that one's definitely more of a joke. It's actually it's true, but I mean, it was so long ago. I uh, I'm not a fighter at all. And you, you just told me 30 minutes ago that you are technically not allowed to get in fights in bars. Not me. People that are okay. continued down that path. Okay. Yeah. So you can get in fights. If, if tonight we go after party and somebody's yeah. mean to us, you can defend us. Yeah, that's going to be the last resort. <laughs> okay. I'm going to try to talk my way out of that mm-hmm. one first. You and me both, yeah. like That's just a joke. But yeah, All right. I guess technically I'm a black belt. All right. So on top Please of... don't test me. <laughs> <laughs> no. On top of all that, obviously the reason why you're here, not only you, you are my friend and we've worked together for, for quite a bit and it sounds like we're going to work together a lot. More close, good. I yeah, and um, we'll we'll get to these uh, the details of the work. I have so many questions for you. So welcome to the drunk web, my friend. Yeah, happy to be here, man. All right, Appreciate cheers. It. This is round Another two cheers. for us. Yeah, we had cheers one. That. Cheers that. A little while ago. You know, we got a little pregame going, but uh, need to decompress. Yeah, know, exactly. Just... It was a you know a stressful day for both of us. It's a rainy night here in New York City, so if you hear Money. thunder. Uh, Thunderstorm. Huge sound effects. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. We got one already, actually. You were yeah, talking. I heard it. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, let's let's jump right in. Everybody wants to ask you this, and I don't think anybody has. Everybody. Okay. Everybody. I've done a lot of research on what people are interested in 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 knowing uh, and getting out of this episode. Huh. And okay. again, this is the first episode in a year, and so a lot of people are very excited about this. Right. And we we know a lot of we have a lot of friends in common a lot of developer friends in common and so here we go is there a direct correlation between the quality of a developer's code and the length of their beard (laughs) (laughs) didn't Uh, come from me (laughs) uh, because you are good and your beard is like man that's i think anybody could ask that question like i don't even have a person that i could pinpoint think they ask that question Mm -hmm. that's a good question (laughs) You know, honestly, I don't think there is. Okay. You know, but if you want to try growing a beard to see if your programming skills get better, mm-hmm. I'm all for it. Crap. I'll give you all the tips that I know, which is just wait and don't shave. But yeah. <laughs> beard oil, right? Yeah. We I use that. don't think that helps it grow, but it helps you keep your skin, you know, moisturized under there. Not getting itchy. Yeah. Yeah. So I use that at times. All right. Mostly the natural stuff. Okay. That's good enough. So we'll come back to the beard. Uh, <laughs> This is this is an important one for me. I think a lot of people will, will relate to this. Talk about being self-taught, because mm. if, from what I understand, you are yes, you're somewhat self-taught, right? Yeah. Talk about that experience, and if there's somebody who's listening, 
who is struggling through YouTube, who hasn't found color code yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Talk about w- what it's like to be self-taught yeah. and how there's a future for it. Yeah. Well, there's obviously different aspects of that, right? There's one just, I think, being generally curious enough to, to fight through the pain points you're going to encounter, right? So obviously when you're learning something new, no matter what it is, you're going to hit roadblocks, right? And it's are you interested enough to keep to those roadblocks? And if you're trying to teach yourself how to program and you find these roadblocks and you get past them, you know, I at least got a sense of like, oh, cool. Like I, I figured that out. Whether it was just from Googling enough to find the answer or mm-hmm. like monkey programming, like just trying enough things to get past it right. um, or asking someone a question and having them explain it to me in a way that makes sense. You know, once you get it and you're like, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't have to learn that again. I kind of understand that now. So if you have enough motivation to to get through those roadblocks and satisfying when you bring those down, you know, I think you're going to, you could have a long successful career just doing that, mm-hmm. you know, because it's, it's self-rewarding. At least I right. thought it was. And then there's, I guess the other part, what kind of my path, I guess, was, um, so when I was at the consulting firm at Zimulus, I had the opportunity to do a ton of different things. It didn't necessarily mean that I knew what I was doing at all times, right? right. You know, I did e-commerce Magento design plugins i did some php stuff i did you know HTML, javascript css stuff you know i did sales i did implementations i changed host files for people i set up their hosting i did server work like it was all over the place and honestly like i was i guess good enough at it to keep doing it but i never felt like i understood that like i was an expert um and then when i had some downtime i, I kind of like the front end aspect of it so i just googled around and found free courses online and did mm-hmm. those courses and I was lucky to have that experience before I did those courses to where even though I wasn't like 100% sure of what I was doing, sometimes those courses really pulled it together for me. So I remember specifically, like I took a intro to CS Harvard free edX course mm. and I thought it was great. Like it took me down deeper than I would have normally been exposed to like right. you, you know went to like see it's one of those online things like, like that like itunes yeah. u yeah it was like an itunes u course yeah. but like i knew half the material after we got past like the really early algorithm like here's how computers work and stuff like that so right. that just like tied it together for me so i say at least from my experience and what i think would happen to people was like you're gonna have an aha moment like mm-hmm. like i sitting here i don't know that i don't know everything like I, I know what i know and i can learn i think a lot of other things like most people can but you're going to hit an aha moment where you're like, oh, I can totally do this. You know, right. so like for me, having random experiences of doing exactly what the client needed and then moving on to something else entirely gave me enough like of a base to then have like one course kind of be my aha moment. So got it. Um, that I, was a little bit of my path. It's probably I mean, still on iTunes, right? It should be. I think they do it every year. I think it's. I think it's one of the most like enrolled in courses at Harvard. To be you honest, know what I took I checked, on iTunes but, U, which was extremely helpful um, and so underrated, was uh, iOS development. Yeah. It was the uh, all the Objective C stuff. So when I talk to people about Objective C, people go, "What? How can you even stand <laughs> the set?" Yeah. But but it's because of that course. Yeah. Somebody was explaining it to me so well. The the whole MVC structure mm-hmm. was so well explained, and I was like, "Man, this is the best thing I could do for myself. Just sit down and watch this iTunes course." Yeah. Um, so I, I, I definitely know what you're talking about. There's, there's value yeah. there. So I, yeah, so I just have one more thing to add. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was kind of like my aha moment. And then I continued with it for a while. And then I started a MasterCard as actually a systems analyst. 
um, because I came from the consulting world and like, I loved coding, but I also wanted to like interact with product and understand like what we're doing and why we're doing it and right. help with the kind of strategic vision, high, more high level mm-hmm. type things. Um, and then an opportunity came, you know, pretty much right away to join the dev side. They're like, hey, we need people that know front end. I'm like, oh yeah, I, I know front end. I like doing front end. I'll go do some front end. Um, and then we inherited what is, you know, the legacy, legacy application at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was lucky enough to work um, next to a few folks that, you know, like Brett Rosen and stuff. Like, sat, mm-hmm. Or next to Brett Rosen. I, he was an open book for shout me. Shout out. Yeah, shout out to Brett Rosen. Don't know mm-hmm. if you're going to listen to this or not, but, you know. Oh, I'll bug him. When I, yeah, when I got right <laughs> back into it, um, you know, he was there every day as someone that I could talk to. And he's very good at explaining things clearly. And he really helped me wrap my head a lot, around a lot of different concepts. So... I guess for anybody who's looking to be self-taught, make sure you're happy enough staying with breaking down the roadblocks initially. And once you kind of feel like you get it, try to find somebody that can explain things clearly to you that would be willing to help you. And kind of, you know, like everyone says, find a mentor. It doesn't really matter what you're doing, whether it's software, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, business, finances, it doesn't really matter. It's always good to have a mentor, right? Someone that's been there that can help you. Totally. So I kind of got lucky and kind of had like each of those sequential things happen to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of, I guess, my software journey, <laughs> if you will. Yeah. I usually ask, how did you get started? But I don't have to ask you that because you already kind of explained that. What kind of stuff, what I have written here is what kind of stuff should you self-teach? But I'm going to say, what kind of stuff should you not self-teach? Probably medical. <laughs> but when it comes to programming. There's only one way to learn as a human. It's kind of to try and observe. So if yeah. you want to go ahead and start slicing yourself open, I guess I'm not going to stop you. But I, I no, caution a- you not to. <laughs> As in programming, right? What yeah, kind of stuff should you self-teach? Uh, pretty much, I mean, anything, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess there's... You know, that's a tough question to answer. I would say don't self-teach yourself if people's lives are on the line, to extend the medical you know, joke that you had there. Um, I hope you're not in a position to be coding things that could impact people's lives if you're monkeying right. around trying to learn something. Hopefully you're in a safe environment to do so. Or um, army... Right, (laughs) missile systems and the classic missile system example of time counting and or if you're doing that write your unit tests please write your unit tests yeah please write your unit tests (laughs) um I don't know it just depends on it depends on where you are right Mm -hmm. and what you're doing I guess how Mm -hmm. long before we are the coal miners aka how long before machines start writing javascript and we have to sell our souls Hmm. it's a great question listen to the answer uh, I'm giving my best guess. We have somebody from West Virginia here who can relate. Yeah, you go. Coal mines. Coal mines. So how long before programmers are not employed? Oh. Um, I think it probably at least 30 years, 40 years, maybe 50 years. I think All it's right. still a ways away. Okay. I think obviously machine learning can do a lot of good, this AI stuff, um, you know, but at the end of the day, I feel like you're... S- those systems are still heavily reliant on human interaction, right? Correct. And I think at least right now, the beauty of these new technologies is the fact that like, they can work so well with human intervention, right? It's like a partner. It's someone that helps you out. It's not a replacement. Um, I don't know how long until machines can cognitive think and right. come up with new things on their own. Like I get those, what's machine learning is for, but it's also like analyzing a data set based on what you're told. Mm-hmm. So like you're still told what to look for. You can't like organically decide that this image is like, you don't. you have to know what a dog is to know that like there's a dog in this picture, right? Mm-hmm. You can't just build something that's going to just discover animals and photos without any human input. Right? Or hot dogs. You can't just learn the data. 
<laughs> Shout out to Silicon Valley. Hilarious show. Um, so I think at least we're relatively safe for now, but I do think and I hope that I was actually talking today at work to Ian that um, I want like a, a voice automated assistant with me, like when I'm programming, right? So instead of having to hit all these macros to jump around files and things like that, you know, if we get a big enough screen, for example, and we have an area to the left or the right that can pull up API documentation, you just like, hey, pull me up the API documentation for this, pull me up the JavaScript docs for this method, whatever, mm -hmm. right? And you don't have to leave your editor and you can still be doing this. I could even type for you, right? You could even do simple function routines based on voice. Yeah. We probably have something like that already. Um, do JS docs for me. Right, write my JS talk, please. Yeah, you know yeah. what the function parameters are. If you're TypeScript, it's types, yeah. right? It's like you should know what to write. Um, Alexa, <laughs> can you write uh, JS docs? Juice box is spelled J U. Yes. <laughs> Alexa, stop it. Yeah, we're, so we're recording right now. Based on that, based on that, yeah. See, the more evidence <laughs> that I think we're live demo a few decades away <laughs> from from that being a concern, but I am optimistic about what it can. You know, provide mm -hmm. for humanity. You know, consider myself a futurist. So I have to add something to that. The the one of the most interesting moments interacting with technology I've had in, in a long time happened this week, where I was I got a message from Facebook, not from a person, not mm -hmm. on Facebook from Facebook, saying, "Hey, your uh, your color code ads have been doing." Well, would you like to know a little bit about how they're doing? And I know how they're doing because I'm looking at the analytics and yeah, the dashboard. Yeah, yeah but uh, and it gave me two options, sure or not now. So I said, sure. And then it went, oh, yeah, so there's 57% men and 43% women have seen your ad. Would you like to know some more? I'm like, sure. He's like, uh, 25,000, you know, 400, whatever people have seen your ad. And out of that many, 78% are in France because I was targeting France mm. and, and, uh, and Sweden. Would you like to know some more? I'm like, dude, I talked to this thing for 35 minutes. Yeah. And I wasn't talking. I was just saying, sure, yeah. you know, every, for, to every question. You're just clicking. But it was so interesting. It was so well-structured. And now Whole Foods is on it. I don't know if mm. you've seen it. Spotify is on it. So you can create your own. It's a it's a tree. Of the, Tara was telling me about it last night. She knows about it. It's a tree of almost like a data tree. As the user decides which branch they want to go to, you have more answers, right? And they, they decide which branch they want to go into. So it's all predetermined, mm -hmm. but it's clearly dynamic data because it's pulling my analytics into these predefined answers. And it was so interesting. I loved yeah. it. I was having a great time just reading about my analytics that I already knew about. So that was really cool. <laughs> hey, I could be way off. I mean, I, I don't do that on a daily basis. So uh, I just, you know, come every time. But. It's very cool. Should we get excited about Vue? Yeah. Heck yeah. For those who don't know what Vue is, V-U-E, yeah. um, maybe give like a 60-second you know, intro. Why should we be excited as JavaScript developers about Vue? Sure. So again, it's up to every individual developer, but my specific introduction to Vue came after a battle with Angular 2's release candidate cycle, which I was even okay with because, I mean, it does a lot of really awesome stuff and I'm still a big fan. And that was after also I did a little React evaluation too. So 
kind of coming from Angular 1 paradigm of designing decent Angular 1 applications and then you go to React and Angular 2, which obviously are very different from Angular 1 in the MVC traditional approach, right? So you have much more component design, component-driven design, smart dump components. You know, you have Redux, you have Vuex, you have things like that for state management. None of that stuff really was around in Angular 1. So I kind of learned those, what I've considered more difficult concepts, like, you know, wrapping your head around Redux and understanding, you know, what it can do for your application and why you should use it. You know, it's not something trivial to, to learn, I don't think. Right. Um, so I kind of was able to learn all those things and then Vue came after that. So mm -hmm. it's like I burdened through these other two more popular frameworks at the time, and then I got introduced to Vue and was like, oh, this is all the stuff that I like about the other frameworks right. in one framework. Right. With, so, with Vuex? Yeah, with, with Vue with Vuex. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's a blessed right. library by the team that's right. external. You don't have to totally. use it, but you can. So. It's just like I thrive on simplicity. I think anybody that's worked with me or had a conversation with me about technology knows that I'm trying to simplify. I'm always trying to simplify. There's two things I always try to do. I ask, why am I doing this? <laughs> why are you doing this? Why is this line of code here? Why is this feature here? And then I try to make it as simple as possible. I don't want three ways to do something. I want one, right? Um, so I think Vuex just fit with that because it was, it, was it was just so simple. And the documentation was so good. So I think if you want to go from zero to 100, in view, I think there's a lot of just really good resources and it's mm -hmm. very lightweight and it has a lot of the heavy hitting things that you can extend to a larger you know web app if you need to. Um, you know, it's but again, like going back to the, what I was saying a minute ago, like the design patterns are very similar if you want to build apps, right? So mm -hmm. if you want to build a React app or you want to build an Angular 2 app, you're gonna have smart up components, you're gonna pass those prop bindings, they're gonna emit events back to the parent, the parent's going to then dictate. Because I think one of the problems with um, some of the apps that we have we work on together um, is there's a classic computer science rule for Dijkstra, right? Go to, like go to is your enemy. Every time you use go to, like Dijkstra should be on your shoulder saying, no, don't use go to. <laughs> so like if I want to understand, not just, not how something works, but I just want to understand what's happening. You know, I end up in like 15 different files right. potentially, right? So... Not, not that you can't do that in view. If you do it wrong, you can easily do that in any in any framework. But um, if you enforce those rules with view, I think it just becomes very simple to digest the information. Such a common pattern though. On. When yeah. You have to go around and look for things and open multiple <laughs> files, right? Yeah, I mean, it's fine. If you want to know how things are implemented, that's fine. But Some if you people... Want to, if you want to understand what's going on... Right. You know, Some people actually don't like JavaScript because in their IDEs, they can't command click on like a name of a class and go to yeah. that other file and yeah. they go, well, I'm going to stick to, you know, this other language right. that I and know. It does annoy me. <laughs> WebStorm is, was pretty good at that. Um, VS Code is pretty good at that too. If you're using Angular 2, I think it's pretty much spot on. The mm -hmm. problem is Vue and it's like a plugin. It's like I use VS Code and I use the Vue plugin. Right. Um, Viteur, I think it is. I don't know how to say it correctly, but uh, I have some problems with that jumping into function definitions. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, I'm willing to <laughs> sacrifice that for, for how much yeah. else I like about the framework. But right, you know, you you touched on uh, React and Redux a little bit. Talk about JSX and having your template inside your JavaScript. Mm. Uh, I know you didn't want to really talk about styling for too long, but those of us who care about templates and yeah. I, I hear uh, I hear Jr. laughing right now. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, those of us who care, I'm gonna concede to Jr. in that. Yeah. Jr. feels like doing. 
those of us who have to rename uh, our classes to class names and we can't really use all of this nice CSS stuff that we liked, we don't, we can't structure things the way we, mm. we'd like to close, but not exactly the same way. Yeah. What are your thoughts on JSX? Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on how complicated your app is always. I hate to keep saying it depends, right? But I think it really does. It's us as engineers and designers. Yeah. It's our job to to be relative and to try to choose the right tool, right? Because, you know, say you're building a building or something, this might be a bad example, but like you're laying tile, right? There's like a given set of tools that you're going to use, period, almost regardless of the job, right? And I don't think software is like that. I think you need to look at the timeline you have to work with, the team you have to work with, what you're trying to accomplish and try to pick the best tool for the job, right? So like, you know, going back to even choosing between Angular 1 and React, you know, we had plenty of reasons to choose between Angular 1 and not React. I mean, obviously, you know, maybe hindsight 2020, we might've made a wrong decision, but we try to weigh it out especially at the time, right? So, um, but getting back to styling in files. So like Vue, the, I mean, the applications that we're writing now in Vue, they, we are using .view files. So .view files have the template, the script, and then the styling, right? So if you think about a component design, true and true component design, mm -hmm. smart, dumb components, like it is very powerful to have such a small component that the entirety of logic for that piece lives 50 lines from each other. Right. You have the template, you have the prop bindings, you have the methods that emit the events, and then you have the styling. Right? So let me address... You can the, even you can even forget right. the, sky, the styling if you want. Right? So we're it's talking optional. about the, the style itself is where it gets tricky because the whole idea of sharing like, you know, common styles, mm -hmm. you can still put that in your common mm -hmm. code, right? Yeah. But if there's anything specific to that component, uh, I, I think JR would argue there should be nothing in there. Uh, I would argue with, um, on JR's side. Right. Ideally, you don't need to put any styles. Right, there. but it's not like, because a lot of people, like, when I first heard about this idea, I was like, so I'm going to repeat the whole button thing in every component? Mm -hmm. No, you can still have your share components, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then you can read that into whatever. Okay, good. Yeah. Just wanted yeah. to get that out of the way. Yeah, I mean, you could even pass in, technically, if you wanted to, you can pass in properties for styling. I mean, I probably wouldn't recommend that, but right. then... Similar say, to like NG style? Say, like, no, say you include a button on a page. Uh -huh. Say you want to change button color. One page needs to be purple, one page needs to be blue. But you can pass that in as a yeah, attribute. It can be a, it's, it's a dumb button component. Right. It has a click event. It admits the event to the parent. Like, right. it shouldn't know what happens next. Right. Right. And that goes for the styling, too. Like, it shouldn't right. even know. Tell me tell me what I'm supposed to use right. if you wanted to. Exactly. Probably wouldn't do that, but just saying technically it's possible. It's possible. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready for round three. Are you ready? No, I'm are, are you doing? Are you good? Yeah. All right. I've been talking. You've been the one that's getting to... Yeah, <laughs> I know. Nah, that's cool. Thad, how you feeling? I feel like there are like two or three rounds in this one. Uh-huh. So I'm still here, but... You're good. You know. Guys, you're making me uh, feel like an alcoholic here. But, uh, I've seen it for us way more. I'm on your page. No, I'm just throwing him under the bus on live air. He was distracting me while I'm uh -huh. pouring. No. Hey, look right. over there out the window. All right, fine. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll continue. Can you summarize in a few minutes state of JavaScript? What is the state of JavaScript right now? Uh, positive. You know, I think it's obviously very common to hear terms like JavaScript fatigue and to hear about the rate of change in JavaScript. And you know, I hear people that say they don't want to use it because of that. It's like, oh yeah, you could be on the bleeding edge, but you're not. You're here in this comfortable zone where you have these defined things that work. And you know, me being like, I only want to move forward. I'm okay with the rate of change. Like, yeah, it means that I 
have to spend a lot of time trying to figure out what all these people are doing. Right. You know, at the end of the day, largely it's the same. So once you understand conceptually, it's not terribly hard to understand a new framework or a new you know decision tree. But at the same time, you know, I guess it is nice to know the things that you know. So I, mm-hmm. I, I guess I kind of see both sides. But the state of JavaScript, I think, is positive because there's, it's so widely used. You know, mm-hmm. it's available in so many places that it's natural to have a lot of people thinking that their abstraction makes more sense than the other abstraction. And I think that's a positive. Um, I don't think that's a negative, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it annoying at times? Hell yeah, it's annoying. But I want to keep getting better. I want it to keep making more sense. I want to not have to do the repetitive things that we have to do now. I want more abstraction as long as the abstraction makes sense. And as long as I understand the abstraction, I guess there's always a caveat too. Um, So I just, in general, I think it's positive that so many people care about it to Mm -hmm. spend their time trying to create new frameworks to try to come up with new things that fit their needs. And just the fact that it's, you know, technically if you really wanted to, if you learn JavaScript, you can build an application and do it on almost any platform. I think at this point, probably every platform might not be the best choice for that platform, but you can, and some other languages just don't have that. Do you think people like us are ignorant of how confusing it is today to learn about web technologies? Because it wasn't nearly as complicated. Yeah, I think we have to be. I think, you know, I think by virtue of understanding what we do, we take it for granted, right? So it's easy to become impatient with someone that, and I think that goes right down to work as well right it's it's only a problem if the if the people you're working with don't care right so if they don't know that's fine you give them a free pass right at least you should try and then the next time you know if they continue to make the same mistakes that's a different story but you know i think when i learned and when we learned you know obviously there was just less to learn there just was much less now yes um i guess if you're at a company that is very specific about using a specific framework then you know maybe you get off the hook a little bit there it's not needing to know the other things but i still think that you should one of my points of pride was i think i got through almost the entire rewrite without writing any css like i would go and i would delete other people's css right i would do I would make some refactoring change on delete and I'd be like, hey, JR, I didn't write any CSS. And I'd always go over and I'd be like, hey, guess what? I didn't write any CSS. Not because I don't like to or I don't want to, but like that can become just as out of control, if not more, probably more than your actual JavaScript. People just tend to care about the business logic of oh, the application dude. more. That can become a nightmare and that can become your single biggest loss of productivity when you're trying to make you know, minor styling changes. So if we have somebody and we have a group of team that cares about it and can do it right, you know, I'm totally fine with conceding to that and just being like, I'm, my goal is to not touch this, right? I would, <laughs> which is kind of what it was. I would pick a JavaScript mess over a CSS mess any day. Yeah. It can a go CSS real mess real fast. Yes. 100%. Okay, I have to admit, I'm going to move on to round three. Let's so, get more ice. You need music. We do have a big cocktail. Yeah. Like an interlude. Yeah, we can, we can do a background music. Drop there. me two ice cubes in there and I'll be... Yeah. Wish you guys could see this. Yeah. He's got, yeah. he's he's got such other, a great spread. They need to understand you got, you the, got a great the lemon spread. tree you have here in your kitchen. <laughs> they need to understand its smell and it's like a citrus, a citrus orchard in here. Well, smashing and crushing these lemons and limes. If you're gonna do something, do it right. 
right? I mean, why have a, something called the drunk web and not have all the necessary things to make a, a serious drink? Right. There's a lot of good information here. We're not fucking around much. Right? <laughs> I'm proud of us. I've got to apologize to JR too. He does, he hates being known as CSS guy, but he, you know what? he deserves no. a lot of credit. <laughs> he likes it. He likes it. Uh, he, it's one of those things where he's like, no, please, no. Say some more. Yeah. That sounds about right. All right. Friends, cheers. Cheers. I'd like to uh, say thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I know that I've been away for a while, but like I said, I will tell you why shortly. And so here's to round three. Cheers to you guys. We're moving on to more fun questions. Hmm. And... Uh, I'm going to start, actually, this one is kind of serious, too, but... Um, we're going to ease our way in to the yeah, company. Yeah, let's, let's ease our way in. Let's assume you're the CTO of a company. What are the top three principles that you will care about for your peeps? Hmm. What do you do wow. with them? that's a good question. That is a good question. Um, I think the first thing I would try to get across or implement or really just have as a culture um, it's a view isn't it no it's actually technology agnostic uh -huh. it's uh trying to just because at the end of the day it really just comes down to team building right so mm -hmm. i would try to a build the right team but that's not really the question b let people make their own decisions you know provide them all the like servant leadership right like provide them all the tools they need and let them go you know it's like i want Someone, what if you don't like their decisions? Then we learn from those decisions, right? All decisions, they're not going to make the right decisions every time, right? But I think that if you have the right team and you set a vision for them, they're going to make the right decisions more often than not, mm -hmm. right? Um, so it's really yeah. just allowing people to kind of shape their, you know, shape their day and shape what they work on and what are you trying to accomplish, so... As a CTO, I'd say, well, here's what we're trying to accomplish, and here's kind of when we need it, mm -hmm. and here's kind of what you're responsible for, mm -hmm. and here's kind of what you're responsible for, and I'll talk to you guys later. Mm -hmm. So Okay. Really so letting, trust the people. Yeah. I mean, nothing, you can't function without trust. Like, if you want to be successful, you can't function without trust. And I think that applies not... Not just to... It applies everywhere. It applies to your personal yeah, life, yeah. your relationships with people. Or yeah. It applies in sports setting, obviously. Like, talking about team building and performance there. It's yeah. thing goes in the corporate world, right? Or any startup or anybody that's trying to make a business from nothing, right? right. You, have to, you have to trust who you're around. You can't do everything yourself. At some point, you just can't, right? So trying to do everything yourself is just... It's never going to work. I like that. I run into this, uh, we call it a lot, yeah. where I'm like... I, I want to do it my way, but I should I should just like not do that because it's just first of all it's not sustainable, mm -hmm. but also you're not gonna be able to do everything yourself. I mean nobody who did anything good did everything themselves. I mean you need help, like grow up. Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing I think is straight out of lean startup scientific method to developing software, developing a business. Period. Yeah, you have, to have a hypothesis. You have to test it. You have to see if it worked. If it did work, great. Spend on it, didn't work, try something new. You gotta learn. And you can't move fast if you don't have the right team structure in place yeah. and if you don't trust them. So you just gotta have people on the same page and move in the same direction. 
What are your thoughts on Agile? Agile? Um, I think... Methodology. Yeah. I'm all for it. I'm 100% behind it. Um, but I'm only concerned and care about the principles. Literally written whenever they were written. 70s, 80s, long time ago. Close Kodak. Is that how basement. old it is? Yeah, it's pretty old. Um, <laughs> because it has a lot of good stuff in there. I mean, read it. It's, it's one of the... Just one principle is what I just thought about being... Like, if I was a CTO. You know, it's just... Having small self-organizing teams that are able to make their own decisions because mm-hmm. you have the most information. Obviously, like as an engineer of an application, you probably have the most information of That's pretty true. much anybody except for somebody making rated, like long-term yeah. strategic decisions for the for the for the product. But mm-hmm. I'm 100% for agile. I think what happens is you kind of fall into a trap. A lot of people fall into a trap. Like I'm historically B school educated. I'm a business major and like. One of the major things that I was taught, and I think you're taught in almost any business school, is like imitation is a good thing to do, right? That's find somebody successful, that's look at what they did, that's imitate what they did, and then odds are you have a chance of being successful as well. Right. So I think that once people get wind of you know these companies doing transformations to going to agile, their sense is to immediately copy. And mm-hmm. what they end up copying is more of like someone's adaptation of Agile, mm-hmm. which again, back to the thing that I've been saying, I think the most, this podcast is it's relative to your situation. So you adopting Toyota's Kanban manufacturing system, trying to mold it to software for your business might make zero sense for you. So you end up just picking an arbitrary framework and calling the framework Agile. And it's not. Agile is a philosophy. It's a mindset. You either think that way or you don't. It's binary. There's right. no... You can't apply a set of rules to a team that doesn't think that way and then have them function in an agile fashion, right? So I'm 100% for it. I think that it makes a ton of sense. I've used it successfully before. Um, it's just, it's misimplemented a lot. Right? You end up with, we are going to call it too many cooks in the kitchen type thing. You just mm-hmm. end up, you know, and I've, it's not just specific to large companies. It's, you know, it's anywhere it can happen if you don't, we don't have buy-in, you know, enough people that are like-minded enough. I mean, you obviously need diversity in decision-making to make the best decisions, but you still have like an underlying fundamental approach, mm-hmm. right? And you might bring a different seat to the table because you're from this country or from this region, you have these experiences versus my experiences. But at the end of the day, like you're trying to, you know, iterate on something quickly and learn from it and ultimately build a business from it. And that's kind of what Agile is there for. It's, it's a philosophy, right? So... When you get into these all these argument, arguments about, you know, are we Scrum, are we Kanban, are we this, or we that, I'm just like, no, like, I don't even want to talk about this because you're not even remotely <laughs> in the same ballpark because this is an approach to solving a problem or identifying business out of nothing, right? Making a business out of nothing, just an idea, right? That's like, you know, lean startup style, but... Yeah, I don't know if that you know, right. answers the question. No, or not, it does. I, think, <laughs> I actually think you surprised a few people out there. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to name names, yeah. but some people were looking for a reaction and they didn't get it. They're probably crying about it right now. Stop crying, guys. I was really hoping you'd say someone specific by accident. I'll tell you afterwards. Okay, sure. It's. Uh, yeah. And I'm going to beep it out. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I believe we're getting close to what I call the questionnaire. Uh, I know I've teased everybody about it, but we're, we're getting there. I have one more. What's the worst kind of developer? <laughs> um, 
And I mean nationality wise. No. no, I'm just kidding. Sure. <laughs> uh, I th- so I've worked with developers before that it came off to me like they don't care about the developer next to them. And that I think is probably the worst situation you can have because I've had to go back and solve you know, defects, fix things that were written by other people. And it was just like, did you really just not? Did you just, it's like a giant middle finger. Like you just wrote a giant middle finger at me. <laughs> and like, you know. In JavaScript. Like I've done that before, I'm sure. But like as soon as that happened to me, I'm just like, whoa, mm-hmm. that's, that ain't cool, man. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, I try to write code like I might be the last one to see it. So I try to make it make the most sense. Yeah, naming is hard, documenting stuff because you're just constantly like context switching yourself. You know, I think JR said the same thing, like just write robust documentation, even for yourself, because you might come back six months later and be like, well, what was my thought process on that random day when I wrote this, right? So trying to write code, like I'm not going to be the person to maintain it. And I don't want to just giant middle finger that other person, right? <laughs> Basically. So the people that write code to only satisfy their so feature, yeah. like I, I copied this from somewhere else. I pasted it. Oh, yeah. We're and talking I, about this today. And I ran it. <laughs> and on the screen, it looked right. So now I'm trying to commit it. It's like you're adding 90% of the 90% of the code block can be deleted. Yeah. You know, I don't want to have to look at that six months later and try to ascertain what your thought process was because right. you know, there was none, you know. Yeah. So the worst kind of developer to me is someone who just doesn't have a care for other people around them, right? Like not writing documentation to readme's. I constantly see here and even any anywhere I've ever been, it's like you implement your thing someone told you to, and mm-hmm. then there's no like, you have to write why. Like the readme to me is the why. Like why does this component exist? Why is this my interface? What was I trying to solve? You know, not being able to learn and to grow, to think about how your changes impact other people. Yeah, right. That that's the problem. Because, Think about other people in general. Yeah, I mean, we're all going to make mistakes. I make mistakes on a daily basis. Yeah. All I do is I try to learn from them. I don't always, but I try. Like yeah. sometimes it takes more than once. But you know, I mean, that's. I guess that's the worst kind of developer to me. Someone who's right. just careless, <laughs> like careless towards coworkers. Though. So this gets us to the questionnaire. Oh, cool. All right. Cheers. Cue music. All right, cue yeah. music. <laughs> Let's see. I mean, we are in logic. We'll the question. All right, the first question I have for you. This is very, very custom question for you. This this has Brent Bevel of Holden. Mm-hmm. Can only be at one of four things, then. <laughs> Why can't Maynard write lyrics without music? Is it the same thing as not being able to do TDD? Hmm. not the same I don't think it's the same so (laughs) Maynard can't write lyrics without music because obviously he's writing lyrics to music right like my my thing would be like you can do TDD but in Maynard's situation he doesn't even know what application he doesn't know the AC he doesn't know the language (laughs) he doesn't know he doesn't even know the language he doesn't even know if it's in C, in Java, sure. in JavaScript. He doesn't even know. He has no idea what language it's in. Okay. So let alone the how AC. can he do TDD if he doesn't even understand the language he's supposed to? Got use? it. So that's okay. kind of like how 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 it works. Because yeah, I mean, if for those who aren't familiar, 
Maynard's Tools lead singer, my favorite band, and they have a unique, I guess not super unique, but they have a writing process, which means that the musicians, the people that make the music do the entire thing first. And then after they're done, Maynard writes all the lyrics to that music. I think Rush does that. Some other bands do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so he's basically been waiting around for every right. to, for the new album, right? They're right. waiting to finish the music still. So, so it's he, not he's same. even He doesn't even know the, the ball. He doesn't know if he's writing a mobile app or a web app or what. He has no idea, right? He can't. Judge until it comes. But am I crazy to think that writing lyrics to music, it's kind of similar to writing unit tests to uh, to some piece of code? Uh, I could see. They go. They're married. Some similarities. Yeah. 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 They are married. They're specific to each other. Yes. Okay. Next Um, one. Yeah. Uh, these are these are what <laughs> we can spend hours just talking about merit and uh, TDD, which is something I never thought I would say. But yeah, me neither. <laughs> Didn't think what, I was walking in that one. What if I told you Barcelona will win every Champions League that you will watch? Because you might not watch that's, all of them. Uh, no, that's every single one. Okay, so he, they will forever, win every single one forever. Life. But you have to use jQuery forever. I would do it. <laughs> I would totally do it. <laughs> so jQuery is this like old technology. That, that, it sucks. That, that, like, I mean, it's... I got it. It's it was good for my experience. I what that is, but I got it. It's a sacrifice. Okay. So, <laughs> all right. I guess my my reasoning would be that Barcelona affects a lot more people than the jQuery code that I would write. Are you sure? And I could make jQuery is all over the I world. I could make it work, but I mean, no, I'm just like me writing jQuery only. Oh, for you? Okay. Isn't right, that the question? Right. Me writing jQuery only forever? That's true. Yeah, it wasn't Vers- everybody. Yeah, yeah, no, not everybody. I don't think I could do that. <laughs> then I would have to say no. I'm sorry, Barcelona. Oh, wow, I don't okay. want to screw over every developer ever. Selfless. It's very nice. Amount of, it's amount of people to change <laughs> and amount of passion I show towards Barcelona. And I would Khaled do. is laughing right now. Easily do that. DJ Khaled. Yeah, is DJ. <laughs> So I guess yeah. If you reframe the question, maybe it'd be different. But no, I, no, it's I, all about it's like you it's all about Barca for me, man. Okay. It's like it's like religion. What if this is the follow up? Barcelona will lose to Madrid four nil in the finals, and all of the goals were scored in extra time. But you get to use Vue.js. You get to use whatever the f- you want on any project. You decide. So you have complete freedom. But that Madrid thing will happen. 4-0. Extra time. Think about your career. Make huge decisions. Gotta be fun. TDD. TDD. Brent Bevelo. This is interesting timing for the question. Because after watching the Supercopa, I'm obviously very disheartened like most other Barcelona fans. Of course. With Neymar being poached, coaching changes, etc. So... I feel like that's a reality I have to prepare for anyways. Mm-hmm. So the fact that at least this season it appears to be a reality, I'm like, yeah, okay. I guess I can deal with Madrid winning. Might as yeah, well get view out of it. Might as well get view out of it. <laughs> I guess is my approach at this current, in my current, you know, my current state. So, All right. I love it. Yeah. That's great. All right. Moving on. The questions are only going to get worse and worse. More so, yes. <laughs> All right. Bring them on. What if you could be best friends with Maynard and go to what I call big fun parties <laughs> together? <laughs> big fun parties. But you cannot use JSON format or Max. 
It's all XML and Windows from here on. But you're best friends with Maynard. You, you go to clubs together or you go to like Central Park and hang uh, out. That's not a hard question. I'm using Windows and XML for All right. Yeah. Good. Because I don't need to write code anymore. Because I'll just be his like vineyard person. I'll just go around and like, you know, make his wine. And, Perfect. And whatever. Yeah. That's easy. That's an easy question. I like all coding, right. but hey, I can deal with that. <laughs> if New York City was a programming language, what would it be? Oh, interesting. Hmm. It's kind of a shit show, but it's organized. It's very diverse. I mean, mm-hmm. Partial. I want to say JavaScript, but I'm obviously very partial JavaScript, so I feel like that's a bit of a cop-out. But my reasons being, like you just said, diversity, like options of frameworks and change. Like it's an extremely diverse place, and it's really cool. It's got a good vibe, and I think JavaScript has kind of the same thing. But... You know, it's like you said, organized chaos, right? So, like, and it gets very artsy. Like, I don't see a lot of other languages that I've looked at. Because I think one thing we do as UI developers, um, you know, or even like semi full stack developers, I guess, would be I want my code to look good too, right? In my editor, what I write, you know, I, I hate if conditions. Seriously, I try to get rid of all of them. If I can. No ifs. No ifs, <laughs> ifless code. But like, I want it to look. A certain yeah. way. I want it to be stylish. You know, it's, it goes back to the philosophy of like, oh, is it an art or is it a science? Right? right. Like, I want my code to look good. Yeah. Which I think, you know, if you think about New York City's art vibe, like it's very art centric. Mm-hmm. A lot of cool creative things going on. So I think people want that. So I think I, I guess I would say JavaScript. Okay. Uh, for for New York City. I'm actually with you on that. Yeah. I, w- I would do JavaScript too. Yeah. Next question. You have 30 minutes with Messi. What do you do? I just bow for 30 minutes. Okay. So, I just, <laughs> All right. That's it. I okay. Just, I'm just like, hopefully this isn't weird, but you know, I'm, I'm just going to bow. All right. Like for 30 minutes <laughs> straight up. I'm just going to be silent. Just, but okay. Yeah. You could get ice cream or like frozen yogurt. No, we do whatever he wants. Okay. I mean, I would just be like, hey, okay. I, I know you like soccer. Like, do you want to pass the ball around? All right. It's like, oh, no, I want to go drink my matcha tea or whatever. <laughs> Whatever they do in Argentina. Like, yeah, Steak. Just, give him tax advice. Just want to hang out. Yeah. Yeah, give him some tax advice. Went to his restaurant in Barcelona with Andres. Uh-huh. That was really cool. Oh, was, shout out to Andres. Really shout out to Andres. Good guy. Yeah, man. Another fellow Barcelona fan. Yeah. yeah. Fellow MasterCard Barcelona. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, we, you can't restaurant. talk about MasterCard Barcelona folks without mentioning our tall friend, yeah. Vasily. It's the trident. Yeah. What's up, Vasily? Vasya. Another way to bring Messi into this conversation. Mm-hmm. Let's say Messi wants to learn programming. Mm-hmm. What do you teach him? Hmm. Tell him to stick with soccer. <laughs> <laughs> about a waste of, more. Talk about a waste of talent. Nah, not even that. Just a waste of god-given ability or whatever i mean no but he's like brands yeah I, i've been watching color code i'm so interested mm. please teach me something where, where do you start well i mean you gotta ask him what he wants to accomplish he wants to build a messy app a messy where app. yeah and and he's gonna call it <laughs> I, was like, what you, I was like what the heck are you gonna wake up there he's gonna call it be messy be messy and and it's about how to clean your house better Mm. Easier. How to be less messy. How to be less messy. Be less. Be less messy. <laughs> do, do you start with HTML? Do you start with JavaScript? Loops? Do you start with data types? Where do you I, would, I would honestly, 
be his mentor through like the same class that I took a long time ago, which was CS50, which is legitimately a class for people that have never programmed before. But it doesn't jump right into HTML. It's not a boot camp. Like it's like it's algorithms, it's search, it's sort, it's this is how things work and why, this is what a computer does. You know, it's it kind of touched on all the important parts of every different component to mm-hmm. make you feel like you understand at least a little bit about how things work. So I I would start there. I wouldn't start with um, something else. I would go kind of down to the basics because, I mean, you can't really appreciate anything unless you, like, really understand how it works, right? So I think a lot of my career has been kind of doing the backtrack, (laughs) honestly. It's like I can make all these things work, but, like, I need to know how they work. Why why they work. I spent a lot of my time outside of work especially when i became like a full-time developer going back and I'm like okay well i fixed all these defects or i did these features today but what was really happening under the hood and i went back to that and that's kind of back to the basics so i think you know people that have cs degree have a distinct advantage on people that are self-taught but i think also people that are self-taught have a distinct advantage on people that have cs degree because they clearly have the passion for the work and you know yeah they're missing i guess some of those fundamentals but like how many times are you doing binary search trees like, yeah where, like you're just i mean you're not right yeah. i mean you might be at certain jobs but i think the overwhelming majority of people especially front-end developers you know that's that's not not anything that makes them better at writing programs right? right so the reason why i've decided to take color code in the direction that i have yeah. is that it's absolute basics yeah. it's it's because number one i can explain those things in a way that I know the other person is going to understand. Mm-hmm. Because we're talking about how things work. We're not talking about shiny techniques. First, you need to understand what the hell is programming. Yeah. Right? Before you can program. Yeah, sure, you can use you know, Squarespace and deploy something. But that doesn't mean you're, you're programming. right? So going back to basics, huge fan of that. Awesome. You're stuck on an island. You can run NPM install once. <laughs> what do you install? This is a classic drunk web app question i saw yarn yarn <laughs> but you can't do it <laughs> it's fine. then you can do yarn and stuff. it's fine okay. you okay. know you have i'm so bored <laughs> you have this advantage that this question is outdated i should have said npm install or yarn yeah no, it's, <laughs> fine. it's fine okay um, no, I probably th- some random ass card thing, so I can just draw stuff on the sand. No, I, I think away. the yarn thing was good, man. Yeah. This is a famous part of uh, the drunk web. It's called Party Code Brunch, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I give you three people that you can choose: uh, one you party with, one you write code with, mm-hmm. one you go to uh, breakfast with. Breakfast or brunch? Let's go with breakfast because brunch can be party, and so it's okay. too similar. Okay. So breakfast, right? These three people are Neymar. Neymar, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Neymar. Mm-hmm. Justin Bieber. <laughs> and Wonder Woman. Hmm. Yeah, it's tough. So many possibilities. The new Wonder Woman. The new one, yeah. Mm. Yeah. She's capable. Be careful. <laughs> so party code brunch. Or breakfast. Breakfast. First, I'm going to go who you party with. That's, that's the easiest one. To I'm going to go breakfast with Bieber because I love breakfast the most of all those things. And I like Bieber the least. So I feel like that's a fair compromise. It brings balance into things. I don't know <laughs> much about Bieber, but I just feel like, you know, 
He's like even year old. Dude, if it, <laughs> oh, if it goes awfully wrong, I'm still eating bacon and eggs and whatever. So you know, it'll, right. be, it'll be fine. So that yeah. leaves party and code. So you got Neymar and Wonder Woman. I would code with Neymar because he just left Barcelona. He probably hates coding. It'd be like a little torture session for him. I mean, you, are, you already I, talked Messi out of. Code, I understand so. why he did. I already tell me, Messi's already better at coding than Neymar will ever be. So I'll just. You know, <laughs> I'll just check out and do some code, and then I guess yeah, I'd party with Wonder Woman. All right, sounds good. I feel like that's you know probably the obvious answer. Yeah. Yeah. I go to breakfast with Wonder Woman. Does that mean we woke up together and actually that was the morning after? Uh, can kind we assume of, that? Kind of, but I think the whole I think point question's open ended. I guess. So. Yeah, it's, open. it's whatever you want it to mean. <laughs> when you have a kid of your own, uh, as opposed to other people's kids, uh, would you? <laughs> Don't have any of those. Would you? Yeah, I think the, the whiskey smash is working. Would you teach him or her uh, learn to code or play soccer? I have to pick one. You have to pick one. Yeah. There's no guarantee, and you know they're gonna grow up to be a great soccer player or a coder. That's obvious. <laughs> Safer route's obviously coding, but I think I, you know, if they wanted to play soccer, I would let them obviously play soccer. All right. A huge passion of mine, and there's enough other opportunities out there, you know. I just, but you know, with my kids in the future, I'll let them kind of do what makes sense All for right. them. Try to do what my parents did and just expose them a bunch of stuff and see what happens. If you weren't a programmer and soccer was not an option, baseball wasn't an option, being the next Tiger Woods with long beard wasn't an option. Mm-hmm. I would have brought uh, the beard to the PGA. Yeah. It, could have been a game it could have been a game changer. Yeah, I know. You would be the first. <sighs> what would you do for a living? Interesting. So there's actually some irony in this question. So... My entire life, the three things that I always wanted to do, pro athlete, which you just took off the table, mm-hmm. fighter pilot, Air Force Academy. I wanted to be a pilot be my both. whole life. Uh-huh. Um, got kind of close to going to the Air Force Academy, decided so not to. And then an architect. And I meant architect in the sense of building things. Building right? like bridges? Uh, thinking buildings. Buildings. Hopefully, hopefully restoring castles, walls, things, <laughs> blueprints. Sketches. We should talk about Italian CAD, <laughs> AutoCAD. Um, so it's kind of ironic that, like, technically now I am an architect. I just, I guess, I got the actual profession wrong. But you know, one of my lifehood, like, childhood dreams, I kind of just fulfilled technically, yeah. sort of. Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna go with fighter pilot, though. I mean, I, Air Force Academy, landing on aircraft gears, Top pilot, yeah, Top Gun. I mean, that's actually the motivation why it's one of the first movies I saw. On like a big screen TV with proper sound and everything. My dad showed me that movie and I just thought it was super cool. It's a fantastic you see, movie. Have you seen yeah. Dunkirk? I have. My friend? It's easy. Thank you. You good to go? You're dry. <laughs> All, right. All right. So everybody, uh, we are back. Uh, round four of Whiskey Smash. Uh, if anybody is uh, listening in New York, hello. If uh, you've been listening from the beginning, you've listened to the whole thing so far, really appreciate it. Thank yeah. you for spending this time. Appreciate You're probably it. on your commute on Monday morning. So doesn't matter where you are, we yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. Let's move on. Which one would you rather give up? Lodash or cold brew? Hmm. Some dirty chef. Yeah. I have no idea what Lodash is, <laughs> but I get it. Something that makes your life much, much easier professionally. Like much easier. <laughs> it should be part of the language, but we'll digress on that. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I'm super addicted to cold brew. <laughs> I'm going to give up cold brew, though, because like, I'm trying to get back into being healthy, and I just want like, like just tea. Okay. Trying to cut back the coffee. Mm-hmm. Use some nat- Tom Brady style, you know, just like eat purely organic things and oh. be awesome and be like 40. And you know who lives across the street? You can see his building straight over there. Um, That's nice. But yeah. Do you know him? Can we go say hi? I don't know him. My buddy lives in his building <laughs> and he goes to the gym with uh, Giselle. Yeah, I guess cold brew. Despite the fact that I have like a <laughs> brand new batch sitting on my desk waiting to be made on Monday. Ah, okay. <sighs> Little things. What do you suck at? Oh, I suck at professionally. A lot of stuff. We all suck at a lot of things. Yeah, a lot of things. Yeah, I suck at not having courage to speak up. Sometimes I suck mm-hmm. at probably. Dude, you? Yeah, even me. I feel like I could do better. I just suck at not doing better, I guess. But mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of a weird answer. But I'm uh, probably not the best at CSS. It okay. works, but you know, if Jr. wants to write all my CSS, I'm. I'll down to buy them ramen noodles every day for lunch for a long time. It feels like an interview question, man. Yeah, right. I wasn't ready for this. <laughs> I'll give you an example. Nice. I ask this every time. It's like and a lot of stuff. Yeah, but one guest said math, you know, or somebody said algorithms, you know, yeah. and I relate to that. You know, I wish I was better. Yeah. Um, I suck at regexes. Uh, I'm awful at regexes. I prefer to not use them. There's also a really funny quote that I always tell to people that use them. Like Ronald, who I respect a ton as a programmer. Shout out to Ronald. I've been taking a seat for... Ronald's awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's been stealing a seat. He's been sick this week, unfortunately. Um, great guy. I learned a lot from him. Um, but he's really good at regexes and he likes to use them, which mm-hmm. I get. But I'm just like, if you use a regex to solve a problem, you've just created two problems. <laughs> so... I don't know who said that first, but I find, it, one. I find it kind of funny. Huh? What's the coolest thing you worked on? Coolest thing I've worked on. I really like what I'm working on now, actually. But I would probably say the thing that's like running in pride being, you know, what what we have today. That was a pretty ballsy rewrite with just a few people. Obviously, it could have been better. But considering what we had before and getting that formally out the door with the help of a lot of folks, you know, you guys, everybody... You know, Watkins, Vasily, everything like that came in and JR got that out the door. And, you know, everybody brought on Bob, Jasmine, everybody even before that, Frank, everything like making that, making that work. You know, that was cool to be a part of. Likewise, yeah, I'm happy to have been a part of it. And yeah. by, by complete coincidence. Yeah, I mean, complete coincidence. That was not even remotely planned. Yeah. As a consumer of technology, what are you most excited about? Hmm. So many things, man. I can't pick one. I'm super excited about self-driving cars mm. because... Dude, you live in Upper East Side. What are you talking about? I'm excited about like generally for the population and, okay. and traveling. Because I mean, like I drive back to St. Louis and Chicago and things like upper that. Upper West Side. I live Upper West Side, yeah. Okay. Like I drive back to St. Louis, to Chicago to see family, things like that. And we rent a car. I drive almost the whole time and you know, it's a drain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty tired afterwards of it car could drive itself that would be great but aside from the selfish reasons like i think last year thirty-eight thousand people died in auto accidents so if you could eliminate that it'd be pretty sweet i mean i get that people love cars there's nostalgic to it i'm a big car guy i've had sports cars my whole life um my dad loves sports cars like it's just a thing and i get that and i think you should still be able to go 
drive those, but I think if you're stepping on a road with other people, I think it'd be great if you had self-driving cars just to decrease the number of accidents. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about, I think, like the Alexa and the Google Home technology and things like that. She didn't turn on. I thought she was going to turn on. I was trying to bait her, but mm-hmm. she didn't turn on. No. See, I'm calling her she. Like, she's like a person, right? Right, you know, right. See, that's, how, that's, where, that's where we're at. But That's crazy. It's, uh, I think, because technology is here to, to solve our problems, right? To, to make our lives better and easier. And anything that does that, I'm on board with, right? Yeah. Do you buy into the whole thing? It's going to be dangerous to a point where it's going to eliminate us. Do you buy into that? Or yet... I understand the concern. I don't fully buy into it yet because I don't, I mean, I guess if, because ultimately, like I was saying, I think earlier in the podcast was humans still have a lot of intervention into that system. So if you, I guess I could see it like a weapon in the fact that if it falls into the wrong hands, it can be bad. Hmm. I think we'll get to a point relatively quickly where that could happen where you could have you could have this technology fall into the wrong hand to be very devastating um but i think organically for that to happen that's that's a long time maybe a little far-fetched because you also have to think about independent energy sources like we're independent energy sources but we rely on food which is way more widely available than you know electricity can be taken away relatively easily compared to food but in my in my opinion which is completely probably wrong because i'm not an economist i'm not a scientist nobody but, knows no, nobody you know knows. it just it seems like there's still like the pull the plug mentality like you could turn it off so i think it's gonna be a while nobody knows except harrison ford <laughs> <laughs> that man can't be killed he's real life indiana I mean, jones cheers blade, to harrison ford harrison ford crashed like three planes in a helicopter blade runner still alive, yeah. <laughs> i was actually talking about blade runner uh but yeah how do you keep up with industry well i am very lucky to be surrounded by a lot of really smart people a lot of my stuff comes just from moving around. You mean the last three days? Because I've been sitting next to you the last three Specifically days? Specifically this week, I felt smarter than normal. Yeah. I've seen us doing a victory pose like Johnny Drama in, uh, <laughs> <laughs> in Entourage there. Um, yeah, I'm lucky to be surrounded by you know a lot of really good folks here in the New York City office. Advice for the 19-year-old Brent Pavlo. Hmm. Trying to even think of where I was at 19. Man. Texas? Um, Were you in Texas? Yeah, I was in Texas still. My probably advice would be don't stay in Texas. (laughs) Not that I have anything versus Texas. Even Austin? Not I've that's not versus Texas. That was but like it was (laughs) it was after my senior year, I'd have been 19. It'd have been the year before I went to college, and I elected to not play baseball back in St. Louis on a travel premier team. And I'm just very curious if I did that, what would it change? That's that's like the shallow, simple advice. The other advice is just keep things in perspective. Would you like to give out plenty shout outs? <laughs> I want to go on a planned tangent there. Yeah, shout out to my girlfriend, Laura. All right, Laura, cheers. Cheers to Laura. Right. Hopefully she can join us in a few hours in Nomad. That's right. After For those party. of you who can time travel, we're going to Nomad after this. Mm-hmm. Come see and us. Shout out to her mother, Adele, the original Adele, uh-huh. not this singer version of Adele. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Adele Pollock. All right, Adele. Thank you for listening, Adele. I was told that you were a big podcast fan yeah. and you were going to tune in today. So yeah. thank you. Any other shout outs? I mean, we JR came up like eight times. Vasily came up twice. I just need to shout out to 
I mean, everybody there. I oh, how about Iggy? I gotta be curious less. We were talking to Iggy today. Yeah. He's a good man. Yeah. Igor, Sasha, Steven, Sanjay, good Frank, guys. who's left us, who is sad, but good for him. They just, and just the whole floor, really. It's great. MasterCard has done a fabulous job at bringing together a group of unbelievably smart people and just a kick-ass yeah. floor, yeah. I, would, I would say. So, any last words? Anything you would like to just uh, release into iTunes? <laughs> uh, this so, will live in iTunes forever. So many things, man. <laughs> so many things! <laughs> Nothing dev-specific. Just be your best self. There's only one thing that I know. Not to get morbid on everybody, but there's only one thing that I know is that, you know, we're going to die. When we're going to die. Mm-hmm. That's just a fact. Where we go after that, I don't know, but... We're going to die. So just enjoy yourself. Don't take anything too seriously. Like, yeah, there's a lot of problems in the world, but take them with a grain of salt. Be skeptic. Try to solve them if you can, but don't get bad out of shape about little stuff. That's it. All right. I love it. Cheers. That was such a typical Brent Bevelo response. What I appreciate about working with you is that you are not only highly technical and brilliant and you can talk about things, technical things. You're also like extremely honest about things, right? You're you're very to the point. We don't waste any time when we talk about you know issues or problems that come up every single day. But for some reason, I'm never offended by anything that you say. You know, there's a lot of senior people out there who try to be to the point, but they just are very difficult to work with. I never got that feeling when working with you, and so I really appreciate it. I, appreciate I also that. appreciate that you are here spending your Friday evening with me yeah. and Thad yeah. and on the drunk web. I also appreciate your beard. That's a big <laughs> deal to a lot of people. The final thing I want to mention, uh, and this, by the way, came up like seven times during the episode. Mm-hmm. The reason why it took me an entire year yeah. to release an episode is that I've been spending quite a bit of time on a little project called colorcode.io. And uh, it's my show, and I don't have sponsors, so fuck that. I can I can just you know I can advertise. <laughs> so some of you out there, you already know about Color Code because I'm extremely obnoxious about it. But for those of you who don't, check out ColorCode.io. It's a simple way to learn how to code for people who have never programmed before. That's all it is, right? So. Uh, I want to say thank you to Thad for being here from West Virginia all the way. Pleasure. Thank you. We're gonna we're gonna head to Nomad next. Yes. I want to say huge thank you to Brent. I will see you tomorrow morning. No, wait, tomorrow's Saturday. I will see you on Monday. Personally, I always stay out. But yeah. yeah. But um, thank you to you for having me, though. Of course. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for being here. What What did you think? What was the Drunk Web episode uh, experience like? It was great. A plus. You, how long do you think it'll 10, be? 10,000 GitHub stars. <laughs> All right. So with that said, uh, happy Friday, everybody. Thank you for tuning in from uh, New York City. Cheers. Have a good night. Have a good night. Cheers. Thanks, guys. All right. <laughs>